Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We are continuing our background information for the study of 1 Thessalonians. The book begins with these words, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God and our Father, rather God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And thus with that typical salutation, Paul introduces his first epistle to the church of Thessalonica, which will be followed shortly by his second epistle to the church of Thessalonica, both short epistles, but both filled with very important teaching, which we're going to be getting into before long, but we're still giving a bit of introduction and background material, which takes us back to the book of Acts and to the record of how Paul got to Thessalonica in the first place. We saw that he got kicked out of Philippi. He actually, should I should say, was invited to leave, and he chose to to, um, comply with that request. He didn't want to make trouble for the church that was left behind for the believers there. But before he did that, he used his political rights for the sake of the gospel. Remember, going back to chapter 16, he'd been put in prison. He and Silas had been put in prison unjustly, without a trial, without a judgment of guilt. They had been put into prison primarily to satisfy the anger of the owners of a slave girl, demon-possessed, who'd been able to tell fortunes and make money for her owners, but she kept following Paul around and calling attention to him in the wrong way. Actually, what she said was very true. That's an interesting subject in itself. Now, it happened, going back to chapter 16, verse verse 16, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, or we would say fortune-telling, met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, 
exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to, re, to observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Well, I read an extensive section because I think there are a number of important truths to glean from this historical account. But I pause to welcome you to this Tuesday, January 30 edition of the Beacon Broadcast, and to thank you for considering the financial needs that will keep us teaching God's Word on this station. Now, this slave girl, possessed of a demon, was following Paul and Silas and Luke. Dr. Luke is with them at this time, the author, human author of the book of Acts, as well as the Gospel of Luke. And the slave girl is following them day after day after day after day. And what is she saying? I read it to you a moment ago, but I'm going to read it again. And as I read it, listen to this and, and tell me what's wrong with what she said. Is there anything here that is not true? Listen to it. These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, imagine this. A demon-possessed young lady saying these things that are absolutely true. How did she know that they were servants of the Most High God? How did she know that they were proclaiming to them the way of salvation? Well, obviously, this knowledge came to her because of her demon possession. In other words, the demons recognized who Paul and Silas and Dr. Luke and Timothy, the demons recognized who these men were, that they were servants of the Most High God, and the demons recognized that they were proclaiming the way of salvation, truth. And because she was demon-possessed, these demons informed her of this, and knowing that, she went around following them and proclaiming that so that other people would hear. Now, you would think that Paul would say, that's good. Look at the free publicity we're getting. Everywhere we go, somebody who is known to have, and I don't know what they considered her powers to be, but let's just say extraordinary powers, she was known as a fortune teller, as one who had had uh, extra extra perception, extra knowledge that most people didn't have. And here she is following Paul and Silas, identifying them as servants of the Most High God, and informing people that they proclaim the way of salvation. What's wrong with that? You would think Paul would have said, keep it up, gal. You're helping our ministry. You're calling attention to who we are and what we're saying. You're, you're encouraging people to pay attention to us, to listen to us. You would think that's what Paul would have said. I think that's what a lot of preachers in our day would probably say if they had something like this happen to them. Look at all this free publicity. But... Now, the Bible doesn't tell us why Paul was irritated, but it does say he was. And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. 
turned and said to the Spirit, I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. He came out immediately. Now, the question is, why was Paul annoyed? He was very patient. This went on for several days. But evidently, I mean, it's clear from the, from the, from the passage that he was not happy about it from the beginning. But he didn't do anything about it until it went on and on and on, day after day after day. And so we read, this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. He was annoyed by what she was doing. He patiently waited for her to stop. He didn't intend to make a scene. He didn't cast the demon out immediately, though he recognized that she had one and probably could have cast the demon out at any time he wanted to with his apostolic powers that had been given to him by the Lord Jesus Christ to carry out his apostolic ministry and as signs to authenticate that he was a genuine apostle of Jesus Christ. He had these extraordinary powers. He did not use it for many days, however many days many days represents, a good number of days. But we still haven't answered the question, why was he annoyed? We've answered the question, or at least suggested an answer for the question, why didn't he cast the demon out immediately? And I've suggested it's because he was patient, he was kind, he was considerate. But why was he annoyed by this free publicity? And the only thing that I can gather, because the text does not tell us precisely, is that this publicity, this support, this, you might even say, partnership in the work of the gospel, this one who was helping them in the work that they were doing, was coming from Satan. And Paul recognized that it's not appropriate to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It's not appropriate to be in partnership with the devil in the work that you're doing. It's not appropriate to receive favorable publicity and endorsements from those who are not followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are actually enemies of Christ, as any demon who is a messenger of Satan would certainly be, no question about that. So Paul finally said, enough of this. We cannot accept this kind of endorsement. We've got to put an end to it, and he casts the demon out. Now, that is my my um, understanding, my, it's not really understanding, it is my imagination, I suppose, is, is, is the right word, though I don't think that's, that's maybe probably the most correct one. That's what I believe by reading between the lines, certainly it's not in the text, is the reason why Paul did this, simply because Paul himself is the one who said, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What what uh, partnership has light with darkness? What con concord has Christ with Belial? And so forth. This That's exactly what this would be. Belial is another name for the devil. How can you have a common cause that is honoring to the Lord when you've mixed together elements which are godly and ungodly, which are true and false?
which are able to accurately and consistently proclaim the truth, and others that are actually here for the purpose of deceiving, because that's what Satan does. He's the master deceiver. Now you say, why would Satan be calling attention to them? I don't know that. That's another question I cannot answer because the, the answer is not given to us in the Bible. I don't know why Satan would want to call attention to them in this way, but this much I know. Satan often tries to associate himself with the work of God for the purpose of damaging it or for the purpose of distorting it distorting it, or for the purpose of deceiving people in regard to it, he often, you'll find other examples of this in the Bible, he often tries to join the work of God, and he ought not to be allowed to do that. If God's people recognize the source of this endorsement and this offer to help, and they will be, they, if they're obedient to Scripture, they will say, thank you, but no thank you. I cannot accept that kind of endorsement. I would gladly accept the endorsement of other believers, but I cannot accept the endorsement of one who is an agent of the archenemy of God, who is in this world to deceive people and to try to take them to hell. So, and to do that, they, they must not either hear the gospel, or in this case, Paul and Silas were there and proclaiming it, so they must not believe it to the salvation of their souls. They must be deceived somehow, since we haven't been able to keep the messengers of God out of Thessalonica. They're here. The gospel is being proclaimed, so what can we do? We can join them and deceive people in the process. And Paul said, stop it. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying, good day. May God give you his eternal peace.